It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are recording just a few days after our last episode because we have uh, changed our real lives so much that we needed to switch the days that we record. Um, so we usually record these on Fridays. Now we're recording on Mondays. Uh, this will be that weird transition because we've only had a couple days between recording. But for the most part, in the future, this is how it'll be. So we'll get back into the normal flow. Um, however, uh, we... If you've never listened to the podcast before, Movie Club um, picks a theme for the month. Um, this month is because of October. We are doing uh, horror anthologies. And then Corey and I alternate weeks picking our, a movie that we've never seen before, at least one of us, and watching it. And this week's movie, the one we'll be spending our whole time talking about, is uh, Cat's Eye, another Stephen King-written film following our um, creep show from last week, which I had never seen creep show, but Corey loved beforehand and this one neither of us had ever seen cat's eye before so i'm excited to get into this one but um we also like to talk about what else we've watched since the last time we recorded again not going to be very much since it's only been a couple days and just kind of catch up um cory i don't know if i should even ask how you're doing because i know it's been a kind of stressful day but how you doing you know and i get to i <laughs> i have to clean when i'm done recording too um and tomorrow also but yeah you know it's fine at least i have a short work week and it's fall and beautiful and bill and i went on a walk so at least there's that oh that's how are nice. you yeah um well i also have crazy stuff going on and i am uh getting uh the nine weeks is coming to an end so i have grades coming up that i have to do which i'm actually heavily on top of um yes super organized uh, this year i kind of have to be because i am taking on some additional responsibilities um and so i i gotta stay on top of the basic stuff um i lost four more pounds uh since last week so that Hell was yes. a good morning um on the scale it's always nice when you see that number drop um especially because i've i've eaten more carbs than i normally do still way less than i used to eat mind you but um i usually stay 50 grams or less and I've gone over a couple of times this week, so I was a little nervous that it wasn't gonna like keep the weight loss going. But I'm still keeping my calories down. Like I'm, I'm rarely hitting 2,000 calories um, unless I am, you know, excessively exercising or something that day. Um, so I did allow myself a little treat tonight. Uh, I I really took Kathy to get ice cream um, after dinner. I was like, I could tell she was just having a little off day. Ice cream makes her feel better. So we went to uh, the ice cream shaped building oh yeah in lake wales uh that we have um and they have a no sugar added ice cream oh. and th that's what i was gonna order i haven't tried it i don't know how it tastes um and i don't know still it's hard to get like nutritional information off this place so i don't know how bad it is but i was gonna get like a small little cone um and they they walked away to get it and i looked up and found out they had pumpkin pie flavored ice cream cory oh. and i was like dang i should have got that and as if giving me the okay to go ahead and have the pumpkin pie ice cream for tonight, <laughs> she comes back and goes, well, we're out of the vanilla sugar-free. Do you want chocolate? I'm like, actually, I think I'm going to have the pumpkin pie if that's okay. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. 
And Corey, it was worth it. Um, yes. <laughs> because I love pumpkin flavored stuff, and I've I've not had a Starbucks pumpkin uh, spice latte, despite it being one of my favorite things all year, because it's like fifty grams of carbs in one. Hmm. So I haven't had one, and I'm sure the ice cream wasn't great, but you know I was really good on my calorie count today. Um, so I'm just gonna accept that I had one little treat today, and. Uh, it was it was very delicious, so I'm I'm okay with Billionaire. it. So I have to tell you that I'm pretty much right in front of our neighborhood. We live in a nice big neighborhood, and right outside of it, very conveniently located, is Lowe's, which is now my new favorite store, adulting. But in the parking lot, they have like all these little restaurants, and we have a cookie store called Crumble. Ooh. And every week they change four flavors I think and then they always have like a chilled sugar cookie and then a chocolate chip cookie and Bill and I used to each get one ourselves each week and now we share one ah. each week and uh, today we did share they had a uh, cookies and cream milkshake um, which was really delicious and the frosting was cold Interesting. and it was very delicious but now was it an actual milkshake or a cookie no, it's a cookie. Okay. Um, they had one that was like a pumpkin, pumpkin cream cheese roll flavor, oh. Oh, which I really wanted, but they were sold out of. But I'm very ah. glad I let Bill pick this time. And yeah, I'm I'm a big pumpkin fiend, and it was I went to our local supermarket yesterday to get um I went there to get salad mix, uh, and they have the pumpkin log. You know, it's like the roll with the cream, cream <gasps> that's, cheese. That's what it was yeah mm. it's one of my favorite things and again didn't get it i did stare at it for far too long <laughs> like people probably thought i was gonna eat it right there because i was looking at it like can i justify this and i'm like no i cannot but i don't want to leave just yet so i'm just gonna keep looking at it um, oh no yeah it, you know that's i i've cut sugar out almost completely and so that that ice cream tonight was definitely a you know, big splurge but i'm like a i love sweets i love sweets so I'm doing low carb too. I need yeah. to work out, but I feel like life keeps getting in the way lately, but that's going to change. Um, but I thought that it was going to be harder. Yeah. I, I'm actually the no, the low carb stuff. I mean, I'm a big, I also have a sweet tooth, uh, but mine does come and go like right now because pumpkins around it's at a tie because I really love pumpkin flavored stuff. Um, but the uh, general, like, eating, like, I love potatoes. I Most of my life, potatoes were, like, my one side dish, you know? Um, and now, uh, having cut out, you know, most of it, all like, every once in a while I'll have a little, like, half a baked potato or something like that, but it's very, you know, in my carb count size. Um, but I'm okay with, like, cauliflower rice, and I've really grown to like vegetables. Uh, I had, like, extra carbs yesterday, but I, we made chili because it's, it's not cold enough yet, but honestly, like, it's that time of year where, like, we should have chili. Um, but, so, like, I started adding more vegetables to my chili. So, like, I had a bunch of mushrooms in my chili yesterday. Oh, I love mushrooms and uh, chili. It's so good. Um, I know it's probably, like, there's some people who are like, that's sacrilege. But, and whatever. Of course, I could have made non-bean chili, in which is more traditional, and it wouldn't have the carbs. Because that's where the carbs came in, was uh, the beans. But, you know, I like beans in my chili. And I thought it was really, really good. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, you know, eating less carbs has not been as nearly challenging as I thought it would be. I could do even less, but you know, right now I'm pretty happy and I'm still, I'm still losing weight. I might do another like more keto cause I'm, I'm, I call it keto light right now. I might get a little more strict with myself to push. I'd like to hit my goal 
a little faster. Like right now, it's I think it's trending to like hit. Um, it shall be 120 pounds when it's all said and done is my goal basically, and I'm at 70. Um, so you know I'm, I'm more than halfway, but I, I'd like to get there a little faster than I think. I think I'm aiming like at March right now. I'd love to hit it before the end of the year, but I'm not pushing. I don't want to do anything unhealthy. That's my big concern. Is I, I'm I'm doing all of this to be healthier, so I don't want to like get unhealthy trying to lose weight too fast. You know, so I'm I'm yeah. trying to balance all of it. But I think you're doing a great job. I'm pretty happy so far. Um, and I feel a lot better. And you know, and I notice things. Uh, you know, just like last year when I would go to my Polk State class. Um, let's don't usually say this one of the schools I teach at, but uh, my my classroom's at the top of the building, um, which isn't very. It's one floor. I'm saying it like I'm crawling up like multiple flights of steps. <laughs> it's one floor, yeah. and but I would be like severely winded by the time I got there, um, and I would like have to like try to pretend like I wasn't because I don't want. Like, yes, I am aware that I am the big fat guy, but I don't want to come off as the big fat guy. Uh, and so like now it's not an issue. It's like I might be, you know, a little like. <sighs> But that's it. It's not like five minutes of me curled over in a ball trying to catch my breath again. So um, things like that are always uh, nice to have that feeling where you're like, hey, you know what? I walked far and I don't feel like I'm going to die afterwards. That's nice. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, just, you know, had that little ice cream treat tonight and uh, continuing with everything, juggling everything. Always, I always feel like I'm about to drop a ball and I usually... Uh, almost drop a ball and I something somebody will help me or remind me or something you know will trigger and I'm like oh yeah that's right like today I had uh, I'm in charge of all like the photos for the school because I'm the yearbook advisor and we had senior portraits on campus which I completely blanked on forgot I knew last night when I went to sleep never thought about it this morning like not once that I was like yeah picture day Um, despite it being on my calendar and so it was like 8 o'clock when I realized that I had not gone to see if they'd shown up and set up and everything um luckily i guess someone else let them in and took care of it for me which is not normally what has happened in the past um so i was like super grateful that that worked out so again like i dropped the ball but it it like i kicked it back into the air and it, it all worked out so things like that um but in the meantime so aside from we just recorded friday night since then i've watched four movies damn yeah, I did not think that would happen, but uh, things that I thought I was going to do ended up not happening, and I just decided I, I'm, I've am i challenged my students to do the 31 Days of Horror. I think I might have mentioned that on Friday, um, and I don't expect to be able to do that this year because Tuesdays and Thursdays, I absolutely can't watch a movie. My, my days are packed on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So um, in solidarity, though, even if I don't make it to 31, I'm trying to watch a, a few more horrors. So I've watched uh, three on top of Cat's Eye since Friday. Nice. Um, so do you mind if I go first? No. All right. So I watched Cat's Eye, uh, which we'll get into our full review in just a few moments, folks. Um, but then a movie that I've been wanting to see since Us earlier this year um, and didn't know it was on Prime until yesterday uh, is Chud. C-H-U-D. Oh. Now, Chud stars John Hurd and Daniel Stern, who are both in Home Alone. Um, and yet have no scene together in Home Alone, do have some scenes together in this movie. Um, it's it's like a B-horror film for sure, but uh, it's a, a there's an Easter egg for Chud at the very beginning, like literally the first shot in Us is a uh, entertainment center, and next to the TV is like four VHSs, and the one that's easiest to see is Chud. 
Um, and I didn't know what that was when I was watching us, but I knew Jordan Peele put it there on purpose. So I like Googled it right away and saw that it, it definitely ties in with like a little bit of foreshadowing of the plot. Um, so I watched that. I, it's, it's enjoyable. It's campy. It's silly. Uh, the monster design is kind of cool. They do a lot of like really too tight close-ups to like keep the monster from being visible way too long, but it's still pretty entertaining. Um, then one I've been meaning to watch for quite some time is the Midnight Meat Train. Um, oh, I have that on my list. Yeah, it's a Brad Bradley Cooper led, Vinnie Jones co led. Uh, surprisingly, Brooke Shields shows up in it. Um, it's written, or uh, I think it's written by a, sh- a short story of Clive Barker's, but he produces this. Um, it's it's kind of all over the place as far as my enjoyment. Like uh, there were parts that I really liked. I think Cooper's really good in it. Um, there's some parts where I could not watch. Uh, I was looking away multiple times at this movie. Um, but then there's some parts that are, like, super cheesy. Like, some of the special effects are real... Like, the CG special effects are bad. The practical effects are pretty good. Um, but there's some CG stuff where I laughed. I was like, wow, that looks stupid. Like, that just looked really dumb. Um, the story's interesting, but it also kind of gets a little bit crazy. Well, very crazy. And it, it's overall definitely, like, in the middle. Um, I did not love it. I did not hate it. Uh, it felt a little long, um, just because it was, I was, it was kind of late. I probably should have started a little earlier, but I could not turn it off. I needed to finish it. Um, so I did. And then Corey, one I watched, uh, just finished about an hour and a half ago and it still got me feeling a little down. I'm not going to lie, but I really, really liked it's one you've been recommending to me for some time. The woman in black. I love that movie. I just rewatched it. It's two weeks ago. Real good. Like I was (gasps) impressed. Um, I really, yeah, this is not always the trend with horror and Corey and I, uh, although I think we agree more on horror than not. Um, there are some exceptions, but we, I think that, um, I mean, I love horror. It's my favorite genre, but I don't just love something because it's in the genre popular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, or because it's popular for sure. Um, which you, you know, there's a few that we conflict on, but some of the big ones that people swear by you and I have not liked. Um, so clearly our, our taste in horror varies, but, uh, the woman in black, I was totally, I mean, I, I am a Daniel Radcliffe fan. I, I like him outside of the Harry Potter films. Um, I pretty much everything I've seen him in, I've enjoyed him if not the movie. Um, but this, I was like on the, ed- on edge of my seat at points. It was very it's intense, creepy, uh, super creepy. And then, um, it also has a, it reminded me of sinister in a way that that's what's kind of stayed with me. I don't want to spoil the movie, so I won't say how, but, um, since it ended, it's kind of just been like a little haunting. Um, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, I, I am. You've seen the sequel. Yeah. It's mm. real bad. Okay. That's what I feared. Well, it's not like real bad, but it's see, this is what I would have been really afraid if you would have told me that you were watching woman in black, because I love this movie, but I know that that's not like, that's not, the general census. Yeah, I think that most people like a, think it's boring, but I don't see how people think it's boring. I was very into the story and his. I I like the uh, the tone, like the the just the atmosphere oh, of the movie. And I'll yes. admit, I was doing like I was working when I had all three of those movies on. Like, well, Midnight Meat Train I mostly watched, but the other two I was mainly working during. And um, this movie, the tone and atmosphere still got me, even though I was doing stuff, you know, like I was, I wasn't giving it a hundred percent of my attention and I was still like wrapped up in the feel of the movie. So I, I was really impressed with that. 
And then the story started to kind of unfold, and that really brought me into it. And I was like, my computer was getting pushed away a little farther as I was giving more attention to the film. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely would rewatch it. I love. I thought for a long time that I didn't like ghost stories, but I really love ghost stories. But I, I think, think I do too. Um, out of. Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's. I was just like, I think when they're done right, I tend to get wrapped up in them, and I don't generally believe in ghosts um like i'm not a person who thinks that you know but i was really uh they they do get to me and it's it's something with the atmosphere and that idea because i guess i look at it um in a way this movie also kind of reminded me of the others um not for any like plot details just atmospheric uh the fog and maybe the british accents you know didn't hurt um but there is some like dense fog in a couple of scenes in this movie that reminded me of the others um but yeah, there's something with ghost stories that just I hit me. I think out of every single, like, out of all the horror movies that it can be, those are the ones that really have to, like, we say that word atmosphere a lot. Mm. But I think that they are the ones that absolutely have to 100% nail that or it's not yeah. going to work. But I'm really glad you liked it because I would have been nervous. But I love that movie so much. Well, I've been so basically what I've been doing is I'm just scrolling through Amazon Prime's horror section um, and judging like a few factors like one, have I wanted to see this Two, how long is it? And if it's under two hours, it's a good contention. If it's closer to 90 minutes, it's high on my list. Um, and then the one thing that's bugging me is I really want to watch some of the foreign ones that I've heard so much about. Like I've never seen High Tension and I've heard that's great. Um, I've never there's Veronica on Netflix that I hear is really good but that both of those I think are French and I have not been able to give a hundred percent of my attention so I can't okay. commit to subtitles right now that's why I'm like I keep skipping those and like high tension is only 90 minutes like on the dot um, but I, I, I have to watch it like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, yeah uh, that's what I've watched so have you seen anything since we last recorded so I um, renewed my Netflix. Mm-hmm. I only watch like three or four things on Netflix, guys. I really don't think it's worth the subscription fee, but whatever. Here we are. I renewed it because I think we had a new season. Yep, a new season of Stranger Things. I watched that real fast. It was very good. And then we've been hearing for quite some time that Peaky Blinders season five was going to come out. Um, so that airs on BBC first, and mm. then it comes to Netflix. So it seems to take a really, really long time. But I'm a big fan of Killian Murphy, yes, and it's one of my favorite shows. So I started watching that. I think I might be on episode three. And also, each of these episodes is like 45 or 50 minutes long, and I think there are only six episodes per season, but I love it. And then I watched the second episode of Creep Show, the new show on on Shutter, the Shutter. Shutter, that's why I signed up for Shutter. And then um, I watched the newest episode of Nosferatu. And Bill and I yesterday went to see Joker. Oh, oh, I don't think we've talked about that. Um, without spoiling anything, did you like it? Mm. Okay. Did you like it? Bill liked it a lot. I I'm like, still on the fence about it. He's like, if you look at it as just this, then and I was like, that's exactly what I was looking at it. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I feel like it's trying entirely too hard. 
uh, I have uh, some agreements with that. It is clearly influenced by Scorsese, who was a producer on the the film at one point. I don't. I've heard that he was he had dropped off or something, but I feel like he still has the credit. But um, it very much feels like Taxi Driver. Uh, it very much feels like it wants to be Taxi Driver. Um, and a movie that I had not seen but have now heard confirmed by two different YouTubers that I'm going to bring up momentarily, in fact. Um, oh. the, the Another Scorsese film, The King of Comedy, with uh, Jerry Lewis and, and Robert De Niro. I own that as of this year, I think. It might have been just at the end of last year. I got it at the Dollar Tree on Blu-ray, which was great. Oh, yeah. But I have not watched it yet. It's been on my radar, and so I'm aware of that movie very much, though. And so when I was watching um, Joker, I was like, man, it feels like these two movies, like, heavily. And I've <gasps> now heard some other YouTubers. Um, let me uh, explain that, I think, is the YouTube channel. It used to be called something else, and he changed the channel, so I can't I keep forgetting what it's called. But his, uh, he and I see very eye-to-eye on Joker. Um, and then there, the film theorists um, have a the ending explained episode, so that is heavily spoilers, and he gives a spoiler warning right at the beginning. But um, I liked his take on it, and yet I still don't think I love the movie. And I don't want to ever be a contrarian critic. In fact, I think if you go through a lot of my reviews, I'm often on the side of the general populace. Not always, but often. I like a lot of the movies that some other critics bash, I, and I'm okay with that. Very rarely am I the contrarian. This movie and the way people are reacting to it, it's making me want to be a contrarian. Like, I, every time I see someone call Joker a masterpiece or the best film ever, I am, like, what? ready to... Yeah, it's all over my Instagram feed. Like, the people, you know, like, ten tens, And I'm just like, no, it is not like, a perfect movie. Even if I liked it. And I like it more than I dislike it. But how I, how can you say it's a masterpiece? I just can't wrap my head around it probably the same people who hated interstellar i rest my case Mm. um (laughs) sorry i i thought too that it was just trying too hard to tie in batman yeah it was it was it just didn't make any sense joaquin was yeah great like he definitely did what he was supposed to be doing um you know like making me uncomfortable and like i just you know he was very off-putting and i was very surprised and happy that francis conroy is in it i like her a lot i've liked her since six feet under um she played his mom so she's uh barney's mom on how i met your mother oh and she's been in american horror story but i think she's not in it anymore i'm not yeah i think she's in like the first two or three seasons and i think she dropped off after that yeah, she's a great actress, but I just, I don't know. So there you have it, guys. Uh, again, <laughs> Corey and I, not uh, not always seeing eye to eye, especially on comic book related films, but for, for this one, we're seeing closer to eye to eye. I don't know, you still might have disliked it a little more. I liked it more than I disliked it. I have not dropped my review yet, but the rating I gave it is a decent watch. Um, and a lot of it, I admit, is personal uh, issues I take with the batman story ever being altered and i don't mind like i'm a big fan of a lot of one shots uh so it's not i'm not opposed but i do want it to feel like it's it's not just placed in the universe to place it in the universe and that's what that movie feels yeah, like to me exactly it like if you drop like one which i know that he's like and i i like batman i grew up on the mm-hmm. tim burton movies and michael keaton as my batman um but i just I don't think that you need to have that many. Yeah, it, you know, it felt... we already know who Joker is. Yeah, and there's like I actually do think they do a good job of 
developing him as there are big major elements of the character that are in this movie naturally and feel organic and then there are other choices that are made about the character that i don't like as the joker um not as bad as like jared leto in suicide squad level of choices um but still like and every if you look at every iteration there's always some deviations the joker is often you know significantly different from the nicholson joker to ledger's joker to hamill's animated joker to uh caesar romero's joker back in the uh adam west batman but and this is not a joker podcast so i apologize but i am again this is a an area that i have spent too much of my life uh invested in and loving and i have said on record many times um i to whoever is listening that i think um the joker as a character is the best written villain period out of any form of medium any storytelling i don't think there's a better villain than the joker and i don't feel like this movie hits that level to me um he's close i think there are some elements but there are some other character traits that i just could not get behind um and i i just yeah I think it's best we move on. But is there anything else that you've seen? Uh, cause, I mean, that was pretty packed. Um, And then just this movie. And Cat's Eye. Let's get into that then. Cat's Eye, 1985. Um, three years after E.T. and Drew Barrymore is going to lead this film as well. The uh, IMDb plot summary says a stray cat is the linking element of three tales of suspense and horror. Um, I would say also the relationship with Drew Barrymore's character um, is also... Oh, I didn't realize her name was Our Girl. Like, she doesn't have a name. Um, yeah, because she shows up at least twice. Yeah, before the final story. Um, but James Woods is uh, also in it. Alan King, Kenneth McMillan, Robert Hayes, Candy Clark, James Naughton. I'm scrolling through a little more because I feel like there's some other names of big-name people who were barely in it. Patricia Callenberg, Mike Starr, Charles S. Dutton, and Frank Welker is a special vocal effects. I'm assuming he does the, uh, the little guy at the end there Ooh, um, yeah. because welker is notorious uh he's a transformers voice actor like for years oh. he's a really well-known voice actor um directed by lewis teague which i ha- i've noticed this and i thought this was very interesting of the four anthology films that we picked only one of them has multiple directors which is not usually the case for anthology films right like usually each short is directed by a different director and he gets to showcase all these different people but um oh, yeah we had romero for creep show we have Louis Teague for this. Uh, the movie we're watching next week, Trick or Treat. I don't remember the director's name, but it's one guy. And then, uh, but Nightmare Cinema does do that five director thing. There are five different directors for the five shorts in that one. Um, oh, nice. Including Joe Dante, uh, which is oh, yeah. important. Um, but, ow, I just slammed my earphones back onto my ear. Uh, you have another. I'm this kidding. movie is uh, written by Stephen King, the second screenplay of his for this month. Because again, Creep Show, he is credited as the screenwriter for that. Um, again, uh, seventy on Metacritic, six point three IMDb user score. And when we uh, did our Instagram poll, um, our friend Mike, who d- does top five movies when we're able to do top five movies, um, said that this was one of his favorite anthologies. I asked what favorite anthologies you had, and this was his list for movies. So. I saw that before we I watched it, and I was like, oh, wow, it's up on Mike's list for great. Um, so let's get your thoughts first, Corey, since this was your pick. Uh, how did you feel about Cat uh, Cat's Eye? No spoilers. I enjoyed it, and thankfully, I was afraid that I 
was going to remember more than I thought I was going to actually remember. Got it. So this was not one From... had never seen. This was one you saw a long, long time ago. Yeah, but I only remembered like two five second scenes so that was exciting to me i thought that um out of out of like this in creep show i love creep show i've watched it a million times but it's not it's not disturbing to me and i thought that at least two of these maybe three maybe all of them were pretty disturbing like I don't know what word to use, but the people are, well, you know, I don't know, disturbing situations or like people are nuts, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I enjoyed it. So we're not going to talk much about like plot yet. We will when we get into spoilers, but um, the movie opens with the cat getting chased by a dog. Do you think the dog's I supposed love... to be Cujo? Yes. Okay. It was. And also, I was like, holy heck, because it was, like, foaming at the mouth. And was it was, like, like covered in blood or something, right? Cujo, yeah. Yeah. And then two seconds later, there's the car. And I I think that I've, like, tried to watch Christine, but I oh. don't know if I've ever watched the whole thing. And even the bumper sticker, it says something like, I'm Christine, the car from hell or something. Oh, I didn't even catch that part. Wow. And that, yeah, that's, like, uh, I thought it was fun that they, you know those little nods yeah which he does a lot i mean he gets a lot of little nods throughout the other king movies yeah as well. um and i almost watched there is that the new king film uh not it's not him like he didn't direct or write but uh the in the tall grass is out on netflix now i i want to see that and i keep seeing very I, i've heard Ooh. nobody has talked about it on like any of the critic in instagram stuff that i follow so it that's not a good sign. And even my students, usually if there's like a popular Netflix movie, my students will ask me if I saw it, have not heard a peep about it. So yeah, not a good sign. Um, but then again, sometimes there are hidden gems on Netflix that we just don't hear about. So um, mm -hmm. I also enjoyed this. Uh, so far, 80s horror anthologies are working for me. I don't know if it's just where I'm at mentally right now, where I'm enjoying like the, the little bit of campiness. Um it's definitely both remind me heavily of like Tales from the Crypt, which I've said many times I'm a big fan of, um, and and not they're not like identical, but just that idea of these kind of don't take themselves too seriously horror ideas. I I liked all, yeah, I liked all three of the shorts Same. actually, um, and the uh, the third one felt like I had seen it, and I don't know if it just reminds me of some that, other stories, but that, that one was, was familiar. Yeah, that was the one that I remembered, too. Like, mm -hmm. I think that I was thinking of a Tales from the Crypt episode. Well, it's, it feels like it could have been a few things. Like, um, I, we, I don't want to get into spoilers, uh, I guess, about it. But there are a few things that it kind of reminds me of, which I'll say in spoilers. But, um, yeah, I I kind of love this. I, I actually could easily see rewatching it. It's super easy to watch. Um, I found all the performances to be pretty good, um, and there, I can't think of who was on the the in the second one, um, which is called the Ledge, but I recognize like the guy you're rooting for in the sequence was like an actor that I knew. Um, oh, and I can't man even on Wikipedia it's not giving me like his name. Um, I'm trying to they gotta have actors somewhere. Oh yeah yeah here it is. Oh I think it's Johnny Norris. You think it's Johnny Norris? What is he from? 
I don't know. Oh. Oh well, it's Robert Hayes that oh, plays okay. Johnny Norris. Got it. Yeah. Let me look. Pretty sure that's him. Hayes. Airplane. Airplane two. That's it. Yep. Hundred percent. He is the main guy. He's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, why he looks so familiar to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, in fact, I'm now that I think about it. I was in the same room with this man at the Florida Film Festival. He did what? the Q&A at Airplane. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so that makes sense why he looks so familiar. All right. Of course, he's much older now uh, than when he was in the movie. But I knew he looked familiar. And I was like, man, who? why can't I place the actor's name? Um, all right. So Corey and I both really like the film. Um, they are campy 80s horror anthologies. You know, they're... Uh, was this PG? It has to be PG, right? Like, everything's pretty much off-camera, and it's kid-friendly, I think. Yeah. Um, well, IMDb will tell me. PG-13. Yeah, 13. Wow, that's that's got to be an early PG-13, because I thought... Yeah, I thought it was 87 that PG-13 became a thing. Um, interesting. So this has got to be one of like the earliest PG-13 rating uh, films, so... I, I enjoyed it. Corey enjoyed it. And I think that's all we have to say pre-spoiler. So, Corey. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about Cat's Eye from 1985 in great detail. You've been warned. So, we're going to go like we did with the uh, with Creepshow. I think we'll do that for all four anthologies. Just go in order, talk about each short. Um, you know, we can spend more time with one than the other if that's what we feel like. Um, and we already talked about the intro and the cool little nods to uh, the Stephen King properties, which now I want to rewatch to see the Christine one. Because I saw Christine as a kid. Never again, but my mom liked uh, a lot of those movies, so I definitely saw that back then. Um, the first one's called Quitters, Inc., and uh, stars James Wood, Woods, who is um, a smoker who's been signed up for this uh, service that turns out to be run by, like, the mob, um, which that was one of the things that I really liked about this is that it wasn't all supernatural stuff. Like, that, a lot of it is actually – that's, I guess, where the third one I is so different. Yeah, I feel like that stuff is more scary, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I guess yeah. I was thinking it was going to be, like, supernatural, which, I mean, it's still, like, surreal because they the mob is, like, a everywhere. They're always around watching him, which you know, it's just the impossibility of it is, like, it, it's hard to always be around. And they were, like, always around. But the idea is that you sign up for this and there's no backing out. You're going to quit smoking or they're going to take out your family. Um, and some of the things that they were going to do to your family are absolutely horrible. I was yeah. like, whoa. And um, so, like, you think, like, the horror, it plays interestingly. It's very, like, you you feel James Woods uh, fiending for the cigarette. Like, you, I was, like, like, I don't smoke. I've never smoked. But I was like, man, this guy really needs a cigarette. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it is coming through the screen how bad he needs one. Um, and the anxiety of what they've threatened only makes his need all the greater, I think. You know, it's like compounding it. And uh, I thought, he, I, I've i liked James Wood, Woods as an actor. I don't like him as an individual right now. He's his, Some of his political statements and the way he's acted in public not been the best. Um, but there are performances like this one that I really enjoy. Um, and uh, he sold this for me. I was, I was in... Um, I thought the the mob boss guy was really good too. I totally was uh, like intimidated by him. I didn't like watching the poor cat get electrocuted for a bit, um, which no. I'm sure that really upset you. Yeah, I love cats, guys. 
Yeah, big time. Big time. Sometimes uh, Mabel is a guest, right, on the show. Or... <laughs> yeah, Mabel is the best. Um, yeah, I love cats. I like dogs too, but I just feel like cats are a little more my speed. Just so I don't get any hate mail or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> I we my my house. We have two cats. We have two dogs. I love my dogs. However, they are way more work than my cats. Yeah, um, like you can go away. Bill and I have totally gone away for a few. Yes. days or even a week and we only have to have family stop in like once or twice yeah cats are much uh, easier to dogs. still live your life dogs need you every tw- like 20 minutes sometimes um and and yet and some people the cats aren't affectionate my cat bella has now taken she for the, a while now she lays on my chest when i go to sleep but now she's got this new thing where she's like hugging me she's literally wrapping her paw around my side pressing her head into my chest and like squeezing me and it is the sweetest thing i've ever had happen i think in my life um and i don't know what what triggered this new behavior but she like literally will like hug me now and i love it um so cats can be affectionate if they want to be that said it it bugged me to watch that sequence even though it's very clear the cat's an actor but it's still like i'm part of me is afraid because i'm like it's the 80s maybe they were just going to town i was i I was wondering that, like, was the Humane Society there? What, you know, because I feel like their laws probably were a lot more lax. Because they, that cat went real crazy um, for a minute there. Um, But yeah, James Wood's uh, character, he's told that if he uh, smokes again, they'll take his wife and give her that same treatment, put her in this electrical floor thing, um, which happens after a time. I love that scene where, like, they reconnect and the mob boss is watching on this TV and he's like, I don't need the sound because. There's two things. She'll either squeeze him or she'll slap him and leave or whatever. And she hugs him and it's like, oh, good, they're going to make it. And then um, I love the ending where, like, they, they threaten, like, they're he's doing really well. And the guy's like, okay, but you got to keep the weight off. That's the other part. You know, you can't you can't fall into uh, that, that trend of when people stop smoking, they gain a bunch of weight. And he's like, um, what happens if we do? Oh, we'll take your wife's little finger. And then they're having dinner and that dude's wife is missing a finger. <laughs> Oh man, like I don't I, I I found that one to be very entertaining, um suspenseful, not scary so much as stressful, but I really really uh I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yes. Um next up, The Ledge. Yeah, we're ready to move on from quit. Yeah. So I feel like um I'm not afraid of heights. Like just to be afraid of heights. Like, I'm not going to climb up on my house, but I'll climb up on a ladder. I fly. I am going ziplining this week. Um, I'm not afraid of heights, but this one, like, yeah, to me. They do some cool stuff here. So the ledge, uh, the cat leaves Manhattan, um, ends up in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey. And it's the same cat that we talked about at the beginning. The cat was picked up at the beginning of Quitters, Inc. and brought in and electrocuted. Um, and I don't remember, I think the cat vanishes for a while after that, uh, and then shows back up at the end of it, um, and he's now in Atlantic City, trying to cross the road to, he's been, like, summoned by a little girl, like, a ghost of a little girl, or, like, the psychic powers of a little girl, I don't know if it's supposed to be The Shining, now that I think about it, given that it's Stephen King, um, you know, maybe it's her shine is, like, calling for the cat to rescue her, um, which we'll get to in the third one, but uh, we meet a gambler who seems to have some powers at first because, like, he slaps the hood and the cat listens and obeys. 
so I wasn't sure if we were supposed to think that he has like some superpower, which does not appear to be the case the rest of the movie. So it was just like he's supposed to be lucky. Uh, this like mob boss type guy, um, who's a gambler, rich, um, and his former uh, a former tennis pro is running away with his wife, and he's looking to uh, take it out on him, um, and he gives him a gamble. If he can walk all the way around the ledge of his penthouse uh, skyscraper, he gets money, he gets the girl, and he gets to leave scot-free. That's what the bet is. But if he doesn't, well, he'll die. And, um, you know, that's that's that, right? Is that, I think I've narrowed, nailed that down. But Cressner, uh, the, the gambler, has kidnapped Norris, the former tennis player, brought him to his penthouse. Um, yeah. So that's most of the movies just this or most of this short is him walking around the ledge of this building, which, as Corey pointed out, is done in a way that makes you feel, you know, overwhelmed, um, like Vertigo, uh, Hitchcock's Vertigo. What happened? It felt legit. Yeah. Oh, very much. Um, it reminded me of Vertigo. And there are a few moments in, um, uh, oh, man, Zemeckis's, um what the heck is the movie called with Joseph Gordon-Levin and his bad French accent where he's uh, w- walking across the tightrope of the World Trade Centers. Oh. Um, so it's the, the documentary is The Walk. I can't remember what the movie was called, but it's something like that, uh, the, the fictionalized version. But there's some scenes in that where the, the camera's just scaling the World Trade Center, and it is so, like, nauseating. Um, I would say I am afraid of heights, but not... Like, I can fly, but I don't like to look out the window usually kind of thing, you know? Um, but I've gotten better at that, actually, the last couple of flights. And I'll be in a plane in a couple of days, uh, and I don't foresee that being an issue. But um, this scene definitely does. And, of course, it's scary enough that the guy's on the ledge, but then Norris is a jerk and keeps harassing him and, like, spraying him with hoses and all sorts of crap to make him... Uh, I thought he died at one point. I thought he fell off the building. But he didn't. And um, the pigeon. Yeah. Um, the pigeon. Yeah, the stupid pigeon. Um, so, I love... Go ahead. I love when he gets to a part that's like, there's a little bit of room for him to walk in and he kicks the pigeon. <laughs> and like, feathers fly. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so Norris surprisingly makes it all the way around, but of course, Kressner is not going to honor his bet and has the bag of cash, but when he kicks it over, the, his wife's severed head rolls out in a very big reveal. Um, Norris attacks Kressner and then, uh, the cat, like, it gets in the way to make the other henchman guy drop his gun. Um, and then he gets Norris to walk around the ledge. But Norris falls off, and there's a bit of humor in it because he had earlier dropped the big horn off the building, and he mm-hmm. you hear the horn squeak when he falls. <laughs> so <laughs> he lands on the horn, which is stupid, but you know, '80s camp. What do you expect? Um, I'm just really glad that the cat got treated like junk in the first two, but he was still a good cat. Yeah, well, in the in the third one, he is super important. Although he gets treated like junk in the third one. But it's undeserving um, for the most part. But So uh, I didn't realize it was set in North Carolina. Um, the, the cat hops a freight train and travels to Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, where it's 
adopted by a little girl named Amanda, played by Drew Barrymore, and again, three years after E.T. Um, and it, it, it is supposed to be the same girl who was asking for help. That's definitely The Shine, right? Like, there's no way that's not The Shine. It's Stephen King, and she has telepathic powers to a cat. It has to be The Shine. I didn't know that they had telepathic... I don't know. It's probably different for everybody. What, what are you talking about? Danny summons... Um, the 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 guy the caretaker in the shining yeah but i mean to animals well okay but we haven't been in the perspective of an animal before right yeah like, i know and, that, and okay. i said it, it's probably different for everybody anyways got it, got it. and maybe the yeah. cat also has the shine and oh yeah i think that definitely he would this guys i feel like if you want a good smart cat a don't buy a cat but b get a tabby because <laughs> i just feel like out of all the cats they're like the smartest well, the girl's mom thinks that uh, she names the cat General, so he gets a name finally, um, and that the the mom the mom believes that he'll eat her bird Polly. Um, so they uh, they keep the cat. Um, the the bird is killed, right? Is that the first time is the bird killed? Yeah. There's a troll, like this little mini troll, comes out of the wall, which again I'm pretty sure is who Frank Welker is voicing, because uh, I really like his little quirky like like. You know, uh, he's like mumbling to himself, and he's he's evil looking, but at the same time, really like the character design of it. It's he's so tiny. Yeah, I like when we like how they introduce that though that we don't even see him for a while. We just hear him and like see the yep. cat trying to follow him in the house. Yep. And uh, some they do a little bit of point of view with uh, both of them, right? Like from the cat's perspective and from the the troll's perspective, mm-hmm. um, which I like those sequences. Um, the animation I think is pretty good. Even the wall breaking, it's very like you know staggered, but I, I like it. Um, and then uh, yeah, he like there's a, a legend told about cat stealing the children's breath, and then it turns out the troll is stealing the children's breath, and the cat is there trying to stop it. Um, and the cat gets hurt, he gets stabbed by the little troll's sword. Uh, the troll escapes the first time. They take the cat to an animal shelter to be put down which is scary and sad um the cat gets out runs back oh, there gets crazy man yeah gets gets there in the nick of time to save the girl and there's a big epic battle between troll and cat which who'd have thought right like that that would be in a horror movie um and and the kids just cheering it on get him general get him um once she gets her breath back but uh yeah i i enjoyed this whole thing it's it's rare to see a cat uh, especially when that doesn't get to speak be like the hero of a story so i enjoyed that um and i love the the little bit of an ending where they allude to the cat maybe trying to steal her breath where like he walks up on her and then he just licks her and it's just it was for snugs it's for snugs um but totally thought he was gonna steal her breath for a second (laughs) i love that amanda um you know she's like you can't her mom is like you can't ever tell your friends you can't talk about this to anyone well, that depends. <laughs> Do I get to keep general? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and are you blackmailing me? And I'm sorry, but how how good of an actress is Drew Barrymore from, like, the beginning? You know, as Gert, Gertie yeah. in E.T. and then in this movie. Um, yes, we all know she had a, a rough, like, middle years because of the child acting thing. Um, you know, she was a little bit overzealous and rambunctious in the early 90s. She flashed David Letterman on uh, The Late Show she she had a wild side for a while but she came back to normal she balanced it back out in the late 90s and thanks to adam sandler movies um 
you know so but man even here she's got so much character and personality as a child actor something a lot of times child actors are just like vanilla you know they're just there she she brings something to the role uh in both in both of those child performances i've never seen firestarter um i don't think i have either which is a stephen king movie as well if i'm not mistaken right oh i don't know because i think it's tied into carrie's uh powers as well if i'm not mistaken and i might be but um i'm pulling it up 84 oh that was in between these two movies um yeah another stephen king novel and given that she has telekinetic powers i feel like maybe carrie there but um yeah what george c scott is in this hmm i love him from the changeling guys oh heather locklear's in it martin sheen yeah i'm kind of i did not realize the cast was so strong uh 50 though meta score 6.1 IMDb user score for Firestarter. not what we're watching this month but um that's basically cat's eye it's a short movie it's only 90 minutes uh three short films and it's it's great um very entertaining uh, nothing like revolutionary or mind blowing, and it's a uh, kid friendly horror, which is nice. You know, there's not a lot of gore. Um, I guess the smoking is probably not great anymore because we don't usually show people smoking in PG thirteen films anymore. And there's like a whole guy. I mean, I guess he's quitting smoking, but he does like. There are moments where you see a guy with like, a bunch of cigarettes in his mouth, and he is smoking uh, dangerously, mind you, because he's got his head below the dashboard of the car. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Same. Um, I don't think I'd go must-see. Uh, mm. I feel like this is a good one because it is balanced. Like, I yeah. enjoy all the stories. Agreed. I, I agree. I, yeah, I'll, I, go, I'll go must-see if you're going must-see. I'm going to say must-see because I right. could totally see myself seeing this again. I'm glad that we own it. Yeah, it's definitely one I could rewatch, Um, And it's definitely one I could throw on in the background, too, because it's just entertaining enough. Um, but I could also get work done, you know, but like look up at those cool, funny moments or the, the nice like, again, never felt scared watching this one. But I was I was involved in it and cared and engaged with the characters. Um, yes, I, I definitely, you know, could could watch it over and over again. And I guess there was fear with the, the heights, but, you know, I was sitting in my comfy chair, so I was like, I'm OK, I'm not falling. I'm not going to fall. Um that's uh, our review of Cat's Eye from 1985. Um, next week for our anthology, uh, as we continue the horror anthology, we're going to be watching one that I've been wanting to see for some time. And I couldn't help but notice I was at uh, Spirit of Halloween the other day, and they have several of these uh, like statues of this iconic trick-or-treater with the like the bag on his head. They have like oh, yeah, a few I of them. I his name. Um, I've not seen it, it, so Sam? I didn't know his name. I don't know. It might be. There was a yep, name tag Sam. on it. Um, so we're going to be watching Trick or Treat. It's from 2007, directed by Michael Daughtry, um, who I think just did something else good. Or maybe, oh, he did Krampus, uh, <gasps> which you and I are fans of. Um, and he is a writer on Krampus, I guess I should say. I don't think he directed it. Oh, but then he directed, he did direct it, but then he directed Godzilla King of Monsters and that sucked like real bad real real bad um nonetheless i like krampus enough that i'm excited to see trick-or-treat um it stars anna paquin which is an up and down type of thing brian cox dylan baker rochelle ayette quinn lord lauren lee smith uh monica delane 
to Wool Boy. Tama? Yeah, I, I got no clue, Panikits. Um, we're done there. Let's read the plot synopsis. Five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal um, has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have just met the guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank. Every teenager. A woman who loathes the night has to contend with her holiday-obsessed husband. And a mean old man meets his match with a demonic supernatural trick-or-treater. Um, surprisingly, with five, there's this movie's only an hour and 22 minutes. Hmm. Um, so it does not have a uh, medic rating, but it has a 6.8 IMDb user score. I don't remember what brought me to wanting to see this one. Um, I was torn between choosing this and VHS because I haven't seen VHS either. Um, but I ended up picking this one. I will probably still watch VHS because I ended up getting a copy of it uh, this oh. month, even though it's not going to be an official episode. But um, as I'm trying to add some horror films to my viewing, I'll try to get VHS in there when I can. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I've heard good things from some people. I think Mike likes it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mike likes it. Um, and have so. you seen it before? I have. Uh-oh. Usually we don't give each other hints. That did not sound very reassuring. <laughs> um, I thought we've talked about this before. It's That's Mike. possible. Then why did I pick this over VHS? I don't know. I was hoping you were going to pick VHS. I told you well, if crap. you didn't pick VHS, <laughs> but it's fine. I'm, I'm, it's going to be fine. It's an hour and 22 minutes. and It is short. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize it was that short, but it's going to yeah. be fine. All right. Well, next week we'll be back with our review of Trick or Treat. We'd love to hear your thoughts on any of the movies we're reviewing this month. Creep Show, Cat's Eye, Trick or Treat, or looking ahead, brand new Nightmare Cinema. Not easy to get, although it is on Blu-ray and I did see it at Walmart and Target, so you oh. can buy it. Um, it is also available VOD, which is how we're watching it. Um, but, you know, we don't know if it's any good, and if you're not sure, maybe don't invest too much money. Maybe renting it's the way to go. Uh, we don't know what we're in for. I've heard mixed things. Um, it was Big Tuna who brought it to our attention, and I did actually kind of coincidentally hear uh, Battleship Potemkin. Uh, nope, not Potemkin. Wow. That's a movie uh, that the Battleship Pretension podcast <laughs> is based on, um, the name at least, and uh, they did praise it this morning mostly. So oh, I am... Good. Uh, I was, I was, yeah, I was like, okay, good. Maybe if they like it, there's a good chance we'll enjoy it. So, um, that's it for this episode. Uh, follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two hours of the end. And again, reach out to us. Tell us what you thought about these movies, or uh, if there's other anthologies that maybe we should have watched instead. Especially since it sounds like Corey is not going to enjoy watching Trick or Treat. Um, <laughs> but until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast, BurkeReviews.com. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.